1: Lauren Dobsky here she's going to come up Lauren is one of our uh, WLC graduates but she's also had some breakthroughs on encounter weekends and
0: she wants to tell you briefly about those good morning everyone good morning. so after being asked to share my testimony uh, for the encounters uh, God was really putting a scripture on my heart uh, it was Matthew 11:28, 28 uh, where Jesus said come to me all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest and jesus um, the rest that he's promising us is love healing and peace with god i don't know about you church but um, it's been the come to me that i've really struggled with for most of my life Um, and god's really calling me in the areas of learning how to trust him more and um, i believe that trust came from i think for most of my life i would associate um, god uh, with my with my earthly father and the relationship and experiences that I had had with him. And so it's taken some time um, for, for God to mold me and uh, bring me to a place of, of deeper trust in him. Uh, I've been to quite a few encounters um, as I, I was blessed with the opportunity to be a resident at the Windsor Life Centre for 12 months. And uh, each one being very unique, um, where God is um, really just removing different layers. And I believe that the more we trust him, um, the more we are able to hand over to Him and the more freedom we are, we are able to have in Him. And um, I think I'm here to tell you all today um, that freedom is, is found in Jesus if we would just come to Him. So, thank you. Way thank you to God go, bless. Lauren.
2: So proud of you and the transformation, the mercy of God and goodness of God has done in your life. Are we all ready? We are ready. Are you ready? All right. How many, how many besides Pastor Brian like the camp? Like, okay. <laughs> okay. How many don't like to camp? How many would rather stay in a Holiday Inn or Marriott? Come on. I, I would rather. Okay. I went, on a camp. I went camping one time with the youth. Okay. And I'll never forget that time. And Pastor Brian said, oh, oh, I got a tent. You can have the tent. Okay. I said, great. So he gave me his tent. So we set the tent up, and it was like an experience. It was damp. It was cold. It was rainy outside. And then... Then the youth were very wound up. When they get away, how many know the youth can talk all night long? And so like at 2.30 in the morning, it's like I had enough. It was just like, will you please shut up? And I heard this here through the campground. I think it's Pastor Rick. And then it, you didn't hear another word after that. It was like everybody went to sleep, okay? And then I remember in the tent, and it's like one of the kids had too many bananas and cheesecake that night and, uh, and made a joyful noise, but it wasn't the kind of noise I'm interested in hearing. And it's like in his little thing, and it's like, dear God, I want to get out of this tent! 2 Corinthians chapter 5 gives us the same thing. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, come on, That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present body and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. So how many know we're already spirit beings? But how many know when this one goes, how many know we're going to have a new glorified body? Isn't that going to be good, okay? While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan inside, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. So how many know we already have the earnest, the down payment, the Holy Spirit in us? And then verse number six is huge. So, so it says, so we are always what? Come on. Confidence, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So, as long as we're here, how many know to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord? And then look at the next verse. This is the key for everything. For we live by what? By believing and not by seeing. So, let me ask you a question Is that present tense today? So, because we're still here in the bodies, we live by believing or by faith and not by seeing. I like this here if you want to hear it out of the message. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. So the word trust and the word confidence are all interchangeable in the Scriptures. The Amplified says, for we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction of belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus, we walk By the Not by sight or appearance. So the point that I want to bring out right now is many of us in this here room have never really learned to what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. To walk by faith means to walk by what God has revealed, what God has said for our lives, and not by what we see. Because what we see is always subject to change, but what he said is eternal, it's steadfast, it's going to last forever. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but his words are eternal. Until we understand this here, you and I are first and foremost a spirit being. So if we're a spirit being, we need to understand there's a walk in the spirit. As a matter of fact, if we walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So God desires us to walk in the pathway, if you want to call it, of the spirit. The spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. And that brings us to the next element of faith. The first one was the acquainted knowledge with God. Then after we're acquainted with him through the revelation and the understanding of his names to you and I, then we could come into the aspect of trust, confidence in who he's made us to be as the righteousness of God.
1: You know, we have to have confidence and knowledge of who we are. In Ephesians 3, verse 8 to 13 says this. I'm actually not going to read it all. Well, I am going to read it all. It says, Though I Powerful. am the la- least deserving of all of God's people. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he's saying, I'm the least deserving. So in other words, he said it has nothing to do with whether you deserve it or not. He says, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Now I want to talk about the endless treasures because there is a spirit realm that is more real than this natural realm. How many know everything Come in this up, natural yeah. realm is subject to change? There is nothing in this natural realm that will remain the same. But what is in the spirit realm, what we do not see, remains forever and mm-hmm. ever and ever. There are eternal beings. There's an eternal kingdom. There's things that will never change in the spirit realm. And the Bible tells us in this scripture that in that eternal realm, or in that spirit realm that we do not see, there are endless treasures. Just think about on, it. Kim. What does endless mean? No end. There's no end to them. They're unlimited. How many would love an unlimited treasure? Uh, bank account you know where there's no end to it the money is always there no matter what you spend it never ends how many th- would think that would be really good well in the spirit realm we have uh, a, a bank account if you want to call it that then we have endless treasures okay. what's a treasure treasure is something very valuable <coughs> something that me- that is worth a lot Something that is, uh, you know, incredible. Something that you would want. And so in the spirit realm, we have endless treasures. Just get a hold of that and think about that for a minute. Available to you. Meaning they're not unreachable. They're available to you in Christ. So there's an Mm -hmm. access to get them. There's a way to get them. And that's in Christ. And then it says... I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, has kept secret from the beginning. So we know that God had a plan for man and and it was from the beginning and it was it was, it was the plan was Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross and making a way for mm-hmm. us to to uh, be reconciled to God. But God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. How many are the church? Come on, that's Who's the church? We are. One. To use the Shows church them. to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. In other words, God wants to show you off in the eternal realm. Come on. He wants to show what you can do to the eternal realm. He wants you to Come prove on, his power in the eternal realm. So he has given you authority. He's given you something that you cannot and do not have on your own. And then he goes on and he says, This was his eternal plan, that which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. So it was through Jesus Christ he carried out the plan. Because of Christ and our faith in him. So it all stems from having faith in him what does it mean to have faith in him to have confidence in him to trust him to to see him for who he is we can now come boldly and confidently into god's presence i mean we have access into the very throne of god that in itself is amazing When you really think about it. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. In other words, don't focus on me. Don't focus on the trials that I'm going through. Don't focus on what's going through in my life right now. He says, because there's something far greater and far better than this, and I'm pointing you to it. And then he says, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. In other words, the Apostle Paul was saying, listen, nothing in this world matters to me. I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to lay down anything this world has to offer because there's an endless treasure. There is something far greater. You need to get access to it, and I'm going to tell you how because you're going to overcome in this world. Come on. And so we have to put our faith in the world, the unseen world, the eternal realm that God has called us to, and learn how to take those endless treasures into this realm.
2: See, until we understand how God sees us in Christ, until we understand the position that he's placed us until we understand what you and I are actually made of we will never rise up with the Dominion mandate that God has given to us you know the world's waiting for you and I the Bible tells us the whole world lieth in in, in groanings in the inside what for the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth today that means men and women just like you ordinary people with an extraordinary birth who are called to do extraordinary things in the Bible in the book of Judges chapter 6, verse number 12, if everybody could go there. I want to show you how this whole thing operates and how this whole realm works in the understanding of the dominion mandate that's upon the church. The way God sees you and the way you see yourself are often very, very different. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, foundational principles that I got is the heavenly vision. And the apostle Paul says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, the, the, the heavenly vision literally means to see, and it means to see things the way that God sees things. How many know when God sees us, it's a little bit different than the way we see ourselves? I'll say it again. When God sees us, the way God sees us is a little bit different than the way we see ourselves. In Judges six twelve, look what it says. If we could put the New King James up here, that's when I got opened up here. Just switch the translation if you can. It's all the same, and it's the gibbar. Everybody say it together. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you. You what? What did God call him? Mighty man of valor. Okay, you want to know what the word mighty means? It means a warrior, a person engaged in are experienced in warfare, a person who shows or has great vigor, great courage, great aggressiveness, devoted in war. The same word over there is the word valor, is the word champion. That means a person who has defeated all opponents in a competition and holds first place. Hang on, it also means a person who fights for or defends any person or any cause. It also is the same word translated chief, and it means the highest in rank, the highest in authority, A leader that is most important, that is in the foremost. And the synonyms of this here word, gibor, valor, mighty, is winner, victor, defender. And it's also translated as a bold one, a determined one, one that faces great danger, especially in battle, and comes out heroic, daring, with extreme measures, a man distinguished by his courage or ability, admired for his brave deeds. Hang on. Look what it goes on and says, that's what God said about Gideon. But look what he said. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Go to the next verse. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not said? Now, hang on. So, the way God sees us is very different than the ways we see ourselves. We see ourselves as weak, we see ourselves as inferior. We see ourselves as not good enough. We see ourselves in our family. We see ourselves in our financial situation. We see ourselves in our health challenge. We see ourselves in a troubled marriage. We see ourselves in all different things. And God says, listen, listen, listen. God didn't even entertain one thing that Gideon said in that verse. He went right back and said, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this the might of yours. Come on now. In other words, listen very carefully. God didn't entertain everything he had said, but it's the way he saw himself that God had to change. And until he changes the way you see yourself, until you understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Because you're righteous, the effect of that is going to be quietness and assurance, the opposite of insecurity, not for a part-time, but forever. And then number two, until you understand the position of, of, no, of who you are, In Christ Jesus and then you understand the position of where he's placed you and he's seated you in heavenly places. The demonic is under your feet. It's not over on top of you. Until you understand that position, you will never understand the authority and the dominion mandate that you already possess to dispossess every thigh, every chain, every shackle, every work of darkness inside of your life.
1: Now, what he's talking about too is that we have been given all authority. God has given Should us authority. Now, I believe we're a generational church. So I want to do an illustration here that I believe will probably relate more to the younger generation because how many know young people right now they're really into these superhero movies where these characters have super powers for some reason or another they they, you know they had some they were some kind of a science experiment and because of that they ended up with these superpowers or are like spider-man he got bit by a spider or Batman he got attacked by bats or whatever you know Um, but but um, you know the young people are really into into these super powered movies where they have these superstars where people can do super things and uh, one of the movies how many saw the movie Star Wars You know, a lot of you saw Star Wars, and in Star Wars, there's a lot of analogies in that film. Obviously, it's fictional, and I don't agree with the whole story, and I don't agree with all of what they say, but there are definitely some things in there that really uh, illustrate well uh, what God wants us to know. And um, in Star Wars, in the last one that just came out, the main, the main character was a young lady named Rey. And Rey was abandoned by her family when she was younger for whatever reason. I'm not sure the reasons. They didn't really say. But she ended up being um, chosen to be, and not knowing this, for whether it was because it was a generational thing, but whatever, she was chosen to be the next major Jedi. A Jedi, if you never saw the movies, are like warriors that fight the dark side, which is the evil forces of darkness. And, um, but they have power from a source they call the force, which, okay, if you take that, no, this is all fictitional, but if you take all that and you make the analogy, we have Ray here with us today. Come on up, Ray, And, um, <laughs> come on and stand right up here, right in the middle, up here, so everybody can see you. And, uh... So a lot of our young people today are actually dressing up like these characters, my granddaughter being one of them. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so she's dressed up like this character, Ray, in the movie. And now Ray did not know who she was. She just thought she was this humble person trying to make ends meet and live her life. And all of a sudden, this series of events happened, which were ordained to happen, because um, she had a call on her life. And so she began to realize that... She was being called by the force, which we'll call God okay we'll change that. Um, and so she she was being called and and there was but there was an expectation on her to operate in authority and to operate in faith in the force in God um, and to be able to do things to fight the powers of darkness or the dark side as they call it in Star Wars. and so, Ray didn't really know who she was. And so she found herself in a situation. Um, first, she was presented with um, what they call a lifesaver, which is this thing here. And um, we'll show you that in a minute. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute too. But that that lifesaver is kind of what the the Jedi's would use to fight the, the dark side. So, if you don't know anything about Star Wars, you kind of have a little capsule of what it's about. And uh, so anyway, when this character Rey was strapped to uh, a chair, captured by the enemy, unable to move or, or get free uh, in the natural, she started to remember or come to started coming to her who she was. And I'm going to let Rey... Share with us uh, what that was about.
0: Well, I think that when Ray was told about her powers, she had been told all her life that she was no one by everyone around her. And so it was very overwhelming and she was very afraid when everyone was telling her about her potential. But when she was captured and in that situation, um, instead of choosing to just let it happen to her, let the enemy keep her there and do whatever they want, she decided to fight back, and she reached within her and reached into her powers and trusted herself, trusted her powers, and commanded the enemy to let her go, and so she was very tentative and very shy at first, and it didn't work, but as soon as she kind of held her faith very strong and she just commanded them, she was free. One
1: of the things that Ray had with her, though, is a lightsaber. And you can pull that out right now. <laughs> and uh, and what, they, what they did is, in the, in the movie, when the dark side was attacking a Jedi, they would have a lightsaber. And the lightsaber was what they would wield to fight them off and kill them. And we have a lightsaber. And that is the Word of God. Come on. It is our sure. sword and you know in the movie she was she was trapped and she was held she was held captive and couldn't get free but when she began to speak the words And in faith, believing, and she commanded the the captors to untie her and let her go. And at first, they just laughed at her because they had weapons. Here she's strapped and and tied up, and, and she kept saying, no, let me go. Untie me and let me go. And she kept saying it over and over until they finally did it. And then she commanded them to drop their weapons and leave them weapons with her. And they did it. Because she had authority. And see, we have authority over the devil. Come and on, the yeah. devil will come in and he'll strap us. He'll he'll put us in a place where we feel like we're a victim, where we feel we can't change anything, where we're trapped and we can't get out. And all we have to do is start speaking the Word of God and we just have to sell, you let me go. I am not going to stay here. I'm not going to let you do this to me. And I'm going to walk free of this. And you drop your weapons and you run out of here because I'm taking my authority. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm speaking. Speaking the truth, and I'm gonna be and do what God has called me to be. See, we have there's something in every one of us because God created us that way to be superheroes. Because we were made to be like God. We were made to be in his image. There's something greater that we're called into, that we're called to do. And God wants us to stop being victims and stop letting the circumstances of life and stop letting the devil and all the things that go on to beat us up and keep us in bondage and keep us stuck so that we don't operate in the authority and the power that God has given us. But, you know, you have to start operating in that authority over your own flesh, you know, so often, we, whatever our flesh says, we just run and do it because we think we can't control it when we have authority over it. And we have the Word of God. God says there's no temptation taken us, but what's common to man. And God, with every temptation, will make a way of escape. And he'll show us the way out. And yes, it might be hard. Yes, it might, you know, be a difficult situation. But God is greater than any situation that we could ever find ourselves in. And he has given us the authority. He's given us the ability. He's given us the power. He's given us his word. He's given us his righteousness. Come He's given there. us his spirit. He's given us the blood. He's given us everything that we need so that we can walk as more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we are called, we are supernatural beings. We are called to live supernatural lives and to <clears throat> trust God with every single thing in our life. And we can live an ordinary, you know, mundane life, thinking we're a nobody, thinking we're a victim. Or we can rise up That's right. and have confidence and boldness in who God says we are. It's up to us. And it's up to us. It's our choice. Amen. Thank you, Ray.
2: (laughs) Way to go, Paris.
1: I appreciate the effort, Pastor Brian.
2: (laughs) They had it anyway. It's all good.
1: It's actually a very powerful scene in the movie. In fact, I remember when I did go see the movie and I saw that scene, I thought that's a perfect illustration of our authority in Christ and how we can command the devil to leave us alone and let, get lost. And, and uh, we see, need to
2: do that. When you go back even, and, and I'm not here, I'm not a Marvel fan or the comic book fans and all that there, but you go back, a lot of those here stories that they had were actually all biblical. They were trying to tie in. And just show the power. Now, you know, Superman, the last one they had, they show him in a bathtub with a woman. It's like, come on. Like, this is not, this is not. That's all added in there from the stuff they had from the beginning. Okay? But they're trying to bring parallels with people here. But the reality is... We have supernatural ability and supernatural authority that's been given to us. And we want to just talk about that for just a moment. When we speak of the name of Jesus today, it literally means the right to use that name or the power of attorney that's been entrusted to you and I to invoke it into the spiritual realm. I learned this 40 years ago that when I made the command and said, you come out of them, you loose them and let them go in the name of Jesus. I literally believe that. Because not only did I read it in the Word, but they taught me at the place I came out of the glory of God prayer community, they taught me the authority of the believer. And then I began to read materials on the authority of the believer. And I got those truths inside me from a very young believer. And I remember, I remember at that time within six months to a year, I was casting devils out of people and seeing people get delivered and set free. And when I made the command in the spiritual realm, these demons were coming out of people. And I recognize, whoo, that's pretty cool, you know? So I want to learn more about that. And then we recognize that this is just part of the mandate of heaven. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. This is in John 14, 12 in the King James, or the New King James. It says, truly, truly. If he had to say, truly, truly, then how many know that's usually an area that a lot of doubt is going to come against? Every time he says, truly, truly, or it says in even the King James, verily, verily, I say unto you, It said, the works that I do shall you do. Come on. And greater works because I go unto the Father. Listen, this is where a lot of what we call the faith camp gets a a black eye from today. From humanism that's come into the church world. From philosophies that have come into the church world. From writings that have come into the church world that say we don't have the authority, we don't have it. Listen carefully. We already do have the authority. And Jesus made these statements. He doesn't lie when he made these here a statement. Now, understanding the authority in the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, whatever you shall ask in my name. The word ask doesn't mean beg. The word ask doesn't mean just request. The word ask literally means to make a command in the spiritual realm. We're not just commanding. We're not commanding God. We're commanding whatever hell has held back. To loose it for our lives. An example of that would be in uh, the authority over sin in our lives. Sin is an attack against your mind, it's an attack against mine. The devil's called the tempter. He's called the deceiver. He's called the accuser. Romans six fourteen says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. So sin's power has been broken over you. But until you apply the name of Jesus to that sin, it'll still go on in your life. And so in the same respect, dominion over our finances. The Bible teaches good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. We have to understand something. You and I have a mandate today to enact finances into the kingdom. Everything you see at WCF is because of the inheritance that we actually had, that we actually believed and called the things that be not as those those things already were. As a matter of fact, I'm just gonna tell you something. We paid off the mortgage that we had on WCF last Tuesday of this year week. The mortgage is paid at WCF. Now we work on a line of credit that we still have, but the mortgage, we don't own anything more on the mortgage, it's paid for. Listen, number 8.9 million dollars is paid for on your buildings in here today. How did it all happen? We called the things that be not as though they already are. And that's what the message of faith is really all about. God calls you a winner when you see yourself in your loss. God calls you an overcomer when you see yourself as overcome. That's how God operates in this whole thing, and to operate the way God operates is what He wants you to rise up into that level, not only over sin, not only over finances, but over every demonic stronghold, over every spirit of envy, over every spirit of jealousy, over every spirit of fear. You tell that thing, you go in the name of Jesus off my marriage, off my family, off my mind, off my emotion, off my children, off the church, off the ground. You make the command. You don't beg. God and say, Oh God, I just hope it all works out. You'd be better off just shutting up and learning and listening to what the men and women of God are doing today and stop the unbelief coming out of your mouth.
1: I want to read the scripture and then we're gonna have a skip. Um, it's in Mark or sorry Matthew 11:27 it says Jesus is speaking here he said my father has entrusted everything to me so everything was entrusted to Jesus no one truly knows the son except the father no one on. truly knows the father except the son Come on. and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him to so in other words we are chosen by God to have the father revealed to us through the son and the bible tells us is as we see the son As we see Him, we become like Him. By seeing Him, it means as we know Him intimately, as we know His character, as we know who He is. Our biggest problem is we get our eyes on circumstances, we get our eyes on people, we get our eyes on things that maybe didn't work out, and we begin to base our faith on those things rather than on the person of Jesus Christ, on God the Father, and on what they have promised us. And then we get into unbelief. We can all on, miss yeah. the mark. And we can only be sure of what's in our own heart and what's in where our faith is at. And sometimes, you know, we look at things and we say, well, that, that didn't happen, right? Or that didn't get answered the way we thought it should. And we get our focus in the wrong place. We have a skit that's going to demonstrate why some people get into unbelief.
2: But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Let's see it.
3: Okay, so let's just get together and declare God's word over over those needs, all right? Okay, okay so Father God, we just thank you that you heard uh, the needs, Lord. And we, we thank you that you should supply all of the needs according to your riches and glory. In yes. Jesus' name.
2: Well, Maybe not all of them. There are a lot. True.
3: If he said all, God means all.
2: I'm not doubting what he said. I just don't want to seem greedy. That's true. And maybe we're not as needy as we think. There are a lot of people worse off than us. Oh, that is so true. Mm -hmm. So, Father, if not all our needs, some will do. Amen.
3: Mm. Uh... Okay, Lord, um, we are praying for those families uh, who, that are broken, Father. We lift those broken relationships up to you. And we thank you, God, that... All things are possible in your name, Jesus, because we believe, Lord. So we just pray now that you would open the eyes of their understanding, that those family members will see each other the way that you see them, and that you will heal their broken hearts, Father, and you would bind them together with cords that can't be broken in Jesus' name. If
2: it be your
0: will.
3: Amen. What did you just say? Uh, uh, Amen. Not you. What did you say? Oh, I said, if it be your will. Oh my gosh. Okay, marriage is the first institution created by God. Families are, are God's creation. So yes, yes, of course it's his will to restore them. Oh, as a, as a kid, I prayed for my parents every night and they still got a divorce. That's true.
2: So Father, if it be your will, Restore these families. Amen. Amen.
3: All right, God. Um, we are reminded of those who are in need of healing. And we mm-hmm. thank you, Father, for That's the blood of Jesus that was goodness. shed on Calvary for their healing. So right now we declare your word that by his stripes they are healed in Jesus' name.
2: If you're still in the healing business, that is. True, uh, true. I mean, if not, that's cool. Don't worry about it. I mean, no big deal. It's, you know. Amen. No, no,
3: no, not amen. I am not agreeing with you guys on this. Are you kidding me? Of course God is still in the healing bu- No. It's not a business, but God does heal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Do you know how many people I prayed for, and they didn't get healed? Okay, but what about everyone who did get healed? Oh, that's true, too. Um, Well, I guess you just never know how it's going to work out. Yeah, but what do we do when we pray and nothing happens? You believe. You still believe. You always choose to believe in his word. Unless you guys think it's false, and then Ultimately, you'd be calling God a liar. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold up. Whoa. whoa, wait a minute. Whoa,
2: whoa, I I, I,
3: whoa. I didn't call no, God a liar. Did, did you, just, you call did God you a liar? You accuser of
2: the brethren. I didn't oh. call you a liar. You,
3: you, you, you those words never came from our mouths. You are harsh. Mm. Good. So, this is what we're going to do we're going to keep praying for every sickness, for every need, for every broken relationship we will confront everything that jesus christ rendered powerless on the cross and we will not allow the disappointment of unanswered prayer to take residence in our heart causing us to doubt god's word causing us to doubt his character because the dust shall live by faith and faith alone but there's some things that i still don't understand you don't have to understand everything to stay in faith just simply take him at his word. No matter what I face, you're by my side. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't
2: give the simple, but many people, that's how they pray. Oh, God, if it be your will, they hope it's going to happen. There's a hope that's a confident expectation. It's not a wishing, it's not a hoping things work out. It's a command. What we're trying to bring to the church today is there's an aggressive side to Christianity that we all need to tap into. We know the the other side, there's a very soft side, a compassionate side, a gentle side, and we all need that. But when you're fighting against the works of darkness and the kingdom of darkness, listen carefully. There's an aggressiveness that you need to rise up. We've heard enough about the Lamb of God, we need to know about the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We've heard about the shepherd, the great shepherd of the church, but why aren't we hearing about the warrior that's on the inside of every one of us? There's a lion and a lamb nature inside of us. The lamb is with the relationships that we have with one another, but there's a lion to fight against the kingdom of darkness. And if we're not operating in that, then we have to ask ourselves why. Most of the church world doesn't even talk about this here, doesn't want to address these areas, but we're here, listen carefully, to raise up a generation of warriors and warrioresses today that are going to fight against the kingdom of darkness that are not going to bow, not going to bend, and not going to break to the kingdom of darkness in the earth today. Amen? Amen. Ready I just 14. want
1: to read this scripture in Matthew 8, 5 to 13. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Now remember, this was, the Romans had uh, Israel in captivity. So these Roman officers were like the police. And it said he said this to Jesus, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain and jesus said i will come and heal him can you imagine going up to jesus and saying you know my my servant is in in pain and and paralyzed and and will you heal him and jesus said i'll come and heal him how many know that's pretty good news however this officer had faith and he said this he said the officer said lord i am not worthy to have you come into my home in other words he was humble He thought, you know what, I'm not really a spiritual person. I don't deserve you to come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers, and I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Can you imagine saying something that amazed Jesus? Uh, So Jesus was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those from whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you have believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. The principle here is the word is authority. Understanding authority. And as we understand authority, see if you've been in the army, when you get enlisted into the army, you go into boot camp. And as soon as you go into boot camp, your life is not the same. It's no longer your own. You now have to learn how to use your weapons. You have to be trained. You have to be disciplined. You have to go through all kinds of regiments that will prepare you for the war to fight the enemy that you're going to come against. And sold into the kingdom of God, recruited us as his children to be part of his kingdom, and we are living in enemy territory. How many know that? We are living right. in enemy territory. And if we don't learn how to use the weapons that God has given us, if we don't learn right. how to use the word of God and speak that word out of our mouth, if we right. don't speak our faith and speak the things that we're supposed to on, so that, that we can walk in victory, then we're going to be defeated.
2: That's right.
1: How does the sword of the Spirit work? How does the word work? Coming out of our mouth. That's
2: right. it
1: Speaking in it. Mm-hmm. Believing it standing in faith and speaking to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. See, we don't have to be a victim. We're a conqueror.
2: Jesus conquered
1: for us, and we have to trust in him and in his character that he made a way where there is no way, and we have to speak the word only, and it will happen when we have faith behind those words. But we have to know his promises, we have to know his character, we have to know what he will and will not do. That Roman officer, he knew that Jesus was a healer. Right. He knew, this guy heals people. I've heard he's a healer. He had absolute faith that he could heal and would heal. And so when we stand on the word of God, we can implement those promises into our lives and change our circumstances by trusting in him. Amen?
2: Faith is not only believing that, he'll, that he can heal, but it's but believing that he, that he will do it for you. Mm-hmm. Believing it's his will for your life. Come on. When the leper came to him and said, Lord, I know you can, but he said, if you're willing, he said, I will. I'm willing. And it settled it over there. So it's in one of those areas. 50% won't cut it. It's not only knowing he can, but knowing that he will do it for you not because of your works, but because of who he is. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Let's all stand to our feet as we close and break bread together. This is so important to us. There's two times in the scriptures where the Bible tells us in the New Testament to examine ourselves. When you go to a medical doctor... You go in there and he gives you an examination. He checks you out to see if everything is working right. And if something is not working right, then he wants to examine that area to find out. And we'll probe it a little different with blood tests and other things. Well, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Apparently, it can be counterfeit. Apparently, it can be not genuine. Not of an inferior quality, if you want to term it. But it says... Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Is your faith the real deal? Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And as you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. He also goes over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he says another place to examine yourself, and that has to do every time... We break bread together at communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and for time's sake, if you look in verse number um, 29, it says, for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ. Everybody look at someone and say, you're the body of Christ. So if you're not honoring your wife, or your wife's not honoring you, then it says, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. It says, that is why many of you are weak. Another translation says they're, they're broken. And it says, and sick. And some have even died. That means prematurely. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So it speaks about very, very strong there. Examine ourselves to see if we're in faith. Ask yourself the question, what's coming out of my mouth? What's the words that are coming out of my mouth? There's a couple that took communion today that uh, did the baptism, Eric and Diane. For 10 years, Diane said, my husband's going to sit in that chair. And she left the chair next to her at WCF. She said, I see my husband in that chair. I see my husband born again. I see him full of the Holy Ghost. I see him leading our home. I see him that way. It was less than 10 years he came in. Come on. And he's one of our corporate board members today, very involved in everything we do over here today. Somebody began to call the things that be not as though those things already were. So many are just speaking what they see and letting that live by their life, hoping that things turn around, wishing that things are going to turn around. We're talking about rising up in spiritual dominion mandate it's upon every one of us. Father, as we have this bread, Father, stir... The passion for the presence of God in each one of us on a daily basis. But also stir, Father God, the kingdom mandate that you put upon the body of Christ. You said these signs would follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devil. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And they'll speak in other tongues, God, as the gospel of Jesus is preached. And then he even went on further and said the Lord went with them working signs and wonders and miracles God may we walk in the dominion mandate not not a mandate Lord God that's from man but a mandate of heaven for our lives father as we partake of the bread now release the authority of the believer in each of us today we ask in Jesus name dad
1: father we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. we thank you that the covenant is sealed and that we are truly supernatural beings with the supernatural power as we tap into you to rise above this world and the circumstances that we find ourselves in and know that we are overcomers and that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So we take this cup with gratitude and thanksgiving. Help us to take our rightful place and to stand on your word and to speak it out and be who you've called us to be, that that you would be able to show us off in heaven and the unseen realm. In Jesus' name, amen.